Good morning, everyone. Welcome to this Saturday morning's show. A Leighton's outlook for 2024, Jim, and what landlords could expect from the rental market this year ahead is what we're going to cover this morning. Looking pretty bleak. <laughs> <laughs> I think... Uh... I can't say anything more than that, because according to everybody else, it's doom and gloom. It's yeah, like, is it really? Is it really? Is the lettings outlook, is the rental market on its knees? Are, is the investments, you know, is it all going to pot? You know, what could we do about it? What about things like capital gains? Is it going to get changed? Is Section 24 going to get repealed in the budget coming up in March? This is what yeah, we're going to discuss today. Yeah, there's a lot of questions and we're going to break down quite a lot today. And I think on the back of 2023, and I think there's no denying landlords did face, do you know what, it was pretty challenging throughout the last year. Uh, in particular, yeah. for many of those who, I mean, there was a lot of uh, landlords who were highly leveraged and decided to simply just sell up. Um, but we're going to look at, I mean, we've looked at it before and throughout the year we spoke about it while it was happening. And now that we've turned the corner into 2024, let's look at, well, did they act too soon? Do you know, was there other options for them? Um, mm -hmm. uh, the departure has left a bit of a hole in uh, the market, but it's obviously opened up opportunity for existing investors and newcomers and do you know there's a lot of fresh faces and a lot of fresh blood coming into the, the sector uh, and they've got that they've got that opportunity to fill that gap um, and there's a there is a bit of a chronic shortage of houses at the moment we could see honestly unprecedented demand we don't have the stock to meet it so I mean there is such a massive demand and in, in the Fife area and it's and it is pushing rents and things to to new levels um, so that's something we're going to talk about today as well. According to the, I mean, according to the Scottish government, there's no problem in the, in the buy to let market at all. There's no problem in the buy to let uh, rented sector. Um, but but according to the landlords and investors, it's like there's an exit. There's people exiting left, right and centre. And it's like the last person left. Well, you just put the light on the way out of the private rented sector. Um, as I said before, most landlords couldn't care if they were pushed out to the private rented sector, you'd probably be giving them a breather because the mm -hmm. fact is they would have they would no longer need to deal with people in property um, and they would just put their money in the bank and earn money that way or they put their money in their pension and earn money that way as well. But I don't know what it is. It's maybe the it's maybe the, the excitement of possibly taking a risk. If it is taking a risk, if you work it out, it's not really a risk. But But for most landlords, it is taking a risk. And and I think that's what I think that's what appeals to them is the fact that it's their capital and they're taking a risk. But the risk investment reward is higher because you're taking a higher risk than just putting it in the bank or putting it in your pension and sticking it in the UK equities, which is made four percent every single year. So you get your you get your amount on top of your pension, your your tax relief added back, which mm -hmm. is twenty percent minimum. Hello, twenty percent return minimum straight away. You need five years to get four percent. You know, every single year to do that to get the twenty percent. So you didn't. You need to be in at least five years even to get that twenty percent on your pension when you put it in, and then you're getting four percent every year as well. So you're lead. You're at least needing about ten years to get back the same return. But for some, I don't know. Did I say masochistic reason? <laughs> <laughs> Landlords want to take a sort of risk or a supposed gamble in the private renting sector to maybe make a higher return than they can, and it keeps them excited. The one thing that today's society has got more than anything before 
It's excitement. Yeah. Why do you know just practice being bored for a change? Because <laughs> that's what works, and it works yeah. extremely well. Everybody yeah. wants excitement. And the confusion with excitement is they confuse it with happiness. Mm -hmm. And it's not. Yes, that's, another, that's another story. That's, yeah, that's a, that's a breakthrough, yeah. breakthrough on Monday in the that's Wealth Creation Show at yeah. 12.30, yeah. The confusion yeah, of happiness. It is this, getting, creating this kind of emotion of excitement, and maybe it's just to kind of try and fill the void of maybe a happiness or contentment thing, do, do you know, because they've not got that going on. But, um, I mean, there is I'll a lot take, of I'll take, hold it, hold it, just to, just before yeah. we leave that, I'll take a calculated risk here. I'll, no, I'll make a good assumption here that most landlords risk their capital and investors risk their capital to invest in the private renting sector because they believe this time next year will be millionaires. But if you work it out what they've just done, they have no chance of becoming a millionaire out of what they've done or invest in the private renting sector because mm -hmm. it can't lead to that. They just don't want to. They've not They've not seen it. It's like me when I first wanted to be an accountant. I went, yeah, I'm yeah. going to be an accountant, qualified accountant. I'm going to be a top leader in industry. And, and yeah, I was destined to do that. And I'm going to make millions. And then one day I thought to myself, wait a minute, I'm only on like, 25 grand a year yeah. <laughs> where is this going where is this going after this it's like how much does the managing director make oh about 60 grand wait a minute he, he's only making 60 grand it's like how am i going to be a millionaire if he's making 60 grand and he's working all the hours possible that's no entirely possible so i think for some people it's about hope yeah it's about the hope in the private rented sector and the hope that they're going to make they're going to do something more than just put their money in the bank and have a pension or whatever it is mm -hmm. which is absolutely boring but yeah more than, more boring than just as well yeah more than just <laughs> you get excited time. about boring <laughs> but yeah like you say it's more that they're, they're, they're taking that risk and the hope that more that their investment's going to give them more than just to tide them over in their later years. Mm. You know, they want to have this, they want to be on this other level. So definitely. Yeah. So in terms of obviously this year and, and 2024 has started off positively and it, it does look like it's set out to be less turbulent. Maybe there's some yeah. doom and gloom and some maybe headlines out there, but I think it's looking a lot more positive. Um, there are some upcoming changes for landlords and things that they do need to consider. And we're going to cover a lot of them today. Um, we're going to look at things like the return of the accidental landlord, improvements in the mortgage market. We spoke about that in the midweek show, Jim. We'll, we'll have a bit of clarity over this net zero and, and, and the requirements and things as well. Additional yeah. opportunities to expand and changes to capital gains as well. Yeah, so definitely. Yeah. Uh, changes to capital gains is a biggie. Um, you know that's a, that's a fly one, but we, we saw that coming. You know we did a re, we did a, re, a show on this maybe about oh geez how long ago was that? Uh, maybe maybe 2019 2020 about capital gains and how it's going to change dramatically. And mm -hmm. you know we told everybody at the time that you know, the allowances will be taken away because the Office of Budget Responsibility said that they were going to be removed. So you know I, I think it's wherever you are right now in your landlord journey. Mm -hmm. um, even if you're thinking of selling or you're planning to expand or you're raring to buy your first rental investment, there's see the amount of people that are that come on to our Scottish property network and actually join and say, I want to learn more, I'm I'm wanting to get into buy to let. And it's like, and I'm think, you know, what course have you been on lately? Because <laughs> <laughs> they, they they're ex they're excited. They're excited. They've obviously spoken to someone 
They've obviously got them excited about it. There's the excitement thing again, mm-hmm. and 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 they want to get they want to get involved. But you 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 have to have the motivation to do it. And by motivation, what I mean is the motive for action. That's really what motivation is. The motive for action. If you don't have the motivation to do it, and I talk about internal motivation rather than external motivation, then this isn't going to be the greatest journey for you being a vital investor and being involved in the private rented sector. You're maybe going to feel some excitement now and again. You're going to get the buzz. And you're going to get the buzz even though you're losing. And some people will continue to lose just because they want that buzz. Mm-hmm. And some people will come to self-destruction, uh, you know, and start start tinkering. You notice how I don't tinker with any of my stuff now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'll leave well alone. I have almost just under one hour a week with Laura. And I just yeah. go over the key fundamentals. And that is the end of it. I don't get involved in my portfolio anymore except for if i'm looking at acquisitions that's yeah. it boring pays well i know there's a very rare op- uh, opportunity I'll, I'll i'll grab you and maybe pick your brain about things to do with the portfolio but um it's very hands-off for you now okay let's talk about accidental landlords then yes i mean yeah, i mean well, where are they where are they coming from richard why is this what's what's it going on about you know how how is accidental landlords beginning to appear again this is weird yeah, well, I mean, it's no secret that buying in 2023 took a little bit longer than it did in 2022. Obviously, the 2022 market was a lot different, but that doesn't mean that people people's lives have slowed down. And mm-hmm. uh, we need to think about like when you need to move, um, you need to move. So mm-hmm. some sellers give up the search for buying and rented houses out. They're they're they rented out their own homes instead. Uh, yeah. and that's to keep their plans on track and things as well. So depending on how many sellers become accidental landlords this year, yeah. their presence could filter through to the rental market in various ways. So, so just, to, just to explain, Richard, for people out there, what an accidental landlord is, just in clarity, because we, we assume we, we know it. We know what that is. An accidental said, landlord is someone who can't, sell or can't sell their property within the time available to buy their next property so what they technically do is they then just remortgage their property on a buy to let mortgage and they release 75 percent of the value and then they put that down whatever value they're releasing as a deposit for their next house which they can move into and they keep the existing house and rent it so this is what happened in the credit crunch well a lot of people a lot yeah. of accidental landlords appeared hence the reason why a lot of landlords are actually exiting now because it's a boom time um in the last couple of years so that's why they're exit now so that's what an accidental landlord or it could be it could be the fact that it's uh deceased estate and they don't know what to do so i tell you what we'll just rent it or you know we'll have it as an income for everybody else or it could be um maybe your elderly parents have gone into care and therefore you're forced to rent so they don't take the asset to pay for all the charges because then you're, you're allowed to do that in certain circumstances but speak to a solicitor about that you know because yeah. they know the legal legal uh, circumstances surrounding you and what would constitute you either being able to rent that property or you would have to sell that property for these certain conditions it, sorry richard yeah. i thought i would just clarify that for no, no, it's fine. and you know it's, it's quite often we talk about things and i do it a lot and it's you have this expectation that people know what you're talking about when you use terminology mm. like accidental landlord and things because we do it day in day out um but yeah so just for clarity that's that's what an accidental landlord does and in this instance that we're referring to, with this slowing of the market and it's, it's having that wider choice available, a wider choice of homes available. So it gives tenants the luxury of being a bit fussy rather than, you know, having to go into bidding wars, um, 
and having to like really consider the first thing that comes along. They don't have to do that. And then at the same time, we could see more upmarket rentals entering the market because homeowners usually spend more money than landlords on fixtures and fittings and design and things as well. Yeah. And so that that's obviously that's having an impact on the amount of accidental landlords that are that are there. And this and this could really create a new tier of high value, stylish homes appealing to maybe high end tenants who are willing to and be able to pay more for that wee bit extra comfort. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I mean, what we say about accidental landlords and what we say about it gives them more choice, it's like it's still pretty limited just now, you know, in certain areas. So oh, yeah. it, it, it possibly will rise. Um, there's a talk. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you right now. Um, well, let's talk about more mortgage options. Ask me the question about what's what's about to happen to mortgages tomorrow. Apparently, to a broker, it just uh, announced it before it was meant to be announced. <laughs> <laughs> on social media um they've uh nah, they talked about the mortgage rates and where they're going yeah. and uh and the announcement is about to come from some of the banks and uh, the halifax as well so it's it's going to be a surprise to most people tomorrow um or monday morning and um, what's happening yeah. with the banks and what they're doing with the mortgage rates um but it's uh, I, I kind of kind of probably saw it coming if it's if it's gonna if it's if it's if it's true it could be could be utter gibberish you never know so i'm not going to talk about it too much right now but but definitely the accidental landlords, the rise, and you could see more upmarket rental homes in some of the areas like London where they can't yeah. get rid of them. Because because the, the people that are having the crisis the most are the people, the the, the areas or the, the areas where the, the price is so high, the affordability levels is not possible anymore. Yeah. And, and that's why they end up becoming an accidental landlord. They don't really want to be a landlord, but in order for them to move on, that's the best way to do it and mortgage brokers out there will say yeah that's an easy way to do it but as i say we go back to the credit crunch and it, it was a it was a familiar story every single time and i was surprised about the amount of people i used to go in to see and they were going but we're, we're kind of stuck here because we'll not be able to sell our house uh, for the right value and i'm like well okay but have you ever considered this option and it was like we take it on to rent you then release 75 percent of the value because you've been in it for maybe about 10 or 15 years so therefore there's a huge amount of equity built up in and then you use that 75 percent and take a small mortgage on your next property and you've got an investment as well as your next home that's the best of both worlds that's a win-win mm. and yet hardly anybody people do that do they i mean that would be a great scenario where a lot of people would actually do that. I mean, it wouldn't be great for the sales market, obviously, <laughs> um, for us um, as a state agent, but it'd be great for the lens market as well. So, you know, uh, the sales market's losses, the lens market's gain yeah. overall. Um, but but the, when you do that and become an accidental landlord, the, the things that you're going to fall foul from is the legislation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the thing. And people... Like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. It's like the legislation. And it's quite a shock to people that aren't involved in lettings or being a landlord and accidentally they become a landlord or, or are pushed to be a landlord in situations and then it comes apparent to them oh god i'm gonna to have to contend with all this or, or do you know what's it yeah. can be quite a for people it's when it's when someone like us walk in the door and say well you'll need uh, smoke detectors you'll need heat detector you'll need carbon monoxide detector you need the legionnaires test you'll need a gas certificate you need an electricity ei eicr mm -hmm. certificate you'll need you know you'll need <laughs> you'll need your fire and furnishings make sure that every single thing's mm -hmm. compliant you've got labels on if you're if you're doing furnished you, you'll need all these part tested mm -hmm. um as well and and it's like and then they go oh my god 
and it's like, and by the way, you can't leave it like this because you're expecting a tenant to pay money for this. So you're going to have to redecorate and refurbish this property. And they're like, well, um, I, I'll probably just have to sell it. Yeah, that's what that's what people don't realize about buy to let. It costs an absolute fortune to get started in the first place. To get you things know, off it's 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 like the farmer. I go back to saying it. It's like the farmer putting all that investment into all the seed that he buys or she buys to plant, and all that resource and labor to plant all that seed, nurture that seed, and and look after that seed to grow to produce a yield at the end. So all the costs come up front more than likely. This no money down scenario is a lot of rubbish. You know, this says oh yeah, no money down is 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 a is a great idea and you'll see the people on social media going yeah i've got no money down i've got no money down i've got no money down and then the next but they don't they don't tell you about the the, the 10 or 20 failures they had in order yeah. to just get one one result and the amount of effort and time they put in to get it and everybody else that's fallen by the wayside trying to do that strategy in the past because they don't want to tell you about that because a property trainer can't sell you a course then yeah that's ultimately yeah. it and there's very few people that actually get no money down deals. But you still, this is going back to the gambling thing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. This is going back to people like a gamble. So this is why they like the idea no money down about the fact, that, oh, I'm not using my money and I'm making money off somebody else's money. And I, I borrow as much as possible. And Kiyosaki goes, get into debt. <laughs> get. The more <laughs> debt you have, the more money. You... I even had a, a, a banker. Oh, I'll, I'll say that properly. I even had a banker. Um, <laughs> actually say to me, you know, your money's made with the amount of debt you accumulate. And that was just two days ago. Mm. And he's lived in a million pound house. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not allowed to accumulate any debt and he's not allowed to have a limited company. The banks don't let him. They don't let you become a director of a limited company because they frown on it. Because if you borrow in that company, you'll be personal liable. Therefore, it's a conflict with the bank. Conflict interest, yeah. 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 So let's talk about mortgage options then. Yeah. That brings us nicely so onto that. It does. And, and let's look at mortgage options. And I think what a year we've had with mortgages in 2023. Um, with fewer mortgage deals and there was eight base rate rises um, in 2023. So, um, But that's since August. So things have improved on many fronts, Chairman. But, so mm -hmm. let, let, let us know what they are. Well, the Bank of England, for example, had held, you know, um, the, the rate steady at 5.25, bringing some welcome stability and uh, the easing slightly of inflation. But as we know, it's gone from 3.9 to 4%. Yep. Money facts report in January, actually, um, beginning with almost um, with about January began with almost 6,000 mortgage products available. I mean, that's really that's the highest level in 15 years. And lenders have actually started cutting rates. But according to the information I just found out just now, on Monday, you're going to be told that lenders are putting rates up. Okay. Yeah. And mortgages. And 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 I I I think this is because it's like, whoa, wait a minute, inflation. <laughs> Inflation's gone up a bit. That wasn't meant to happen. Mm -hmm. I, I saw it coming. Yeah, it jumped up. And then you've still got to factor in the pirates and the red sheet, the Red Sea thing. I mean, you know, 
It, it, that sounds so comical, the pirates in the Red Sea, but it's, it's, it's true. It's before the Suez Canal, before they go in. They're yeah. basically hijacking the, the oil tankers, and there's a lot of turmoil in there. Therefore, it could affect petrol prices. Therefore, petrol prices go up. Therefore, guess what? Inflation goes up with it. Guess what? Base rates go up as well, or base rates stay the same. So this should, should, should have a knock-on impact. The good news is, for employers, wage negotiations, by the way, are, are still at 6.6%. Mm-hmm. And they're higher than inflation. So there's another factor you've got to think about. It's not under control yet. For for therefore for for businesses though, uh, the number of people available for jobs are 1.4 million now, and the jobs available are only about 900,000. So therefore, there's more people for jobs. Therefore, easing of wage inflation should come under control in the next six to 12 months. I would say. And then you've got other, you've got organisations that are looking to streamline and cut back. And let's be honest, it's called paying people off. <laughs> Downsizing. Right. OK, just making paying people off. <laughs> That's it. Don't or or they used to call it right sizing. We're, go, we're going to go through a, pre- a process of right sizing. It's like, well, paying people off. Yeah. Um, so so there's no there's no account about that. But then you look at the amount of transactional numbers as well in the property market and in terms of and they're down 15 percent in Scotland. That's going to hit small business because less people are buying houses. Therefore, less houses are getting refurbed. Therefore, less businesses are, are prospering as a result of that. So there's there's this sort of effect still to come through in the in the economy and the in the in the Scottish economy and the UK economy and even in the Fife economy overall. So we'll have to see how that plays out. But it could nicely balance each other off, and the fact that base rates might not go above because less people are working. But I'm not saying huge layoffs or anything like that. I'm just saying it'll come back to a natural, a natural fit with the current state of market just now, and and maybe people will just retrain for other industries because there is 900,000 jobs out there. There's 1.4 million people looking for them. So therefore, technically, in real terms, there's only about half a million people really unemployed. If that makes if that makes sense to people. Um, yeah. and, and we're still sitting at 4.2% unemployment level, which is what it was the month before. So nothing fundamentally has changed except the availability of jobs in the market now has dropped as more employers have cut back on the number of jobs available. So this is what's going to affect mortgages. This is what's going to affect rates overall. This is what's going to affect the UK economy. And so what we're saying that lenders have cut rates and buy-to-let mortgages, just now buy-to-let mortgages are starting at about 4.5%. Uh, on on a two to five year fixed rate deals. I mean, I'm getting one just now. I think it's round about just under five percent for a five year fixed rate deal for one of my properties um, through Virgin Bank. Yeah. Uh, so so I could vouch for that. It's all still there right now. But but you know, there's a bit of optimism. You know, cost optimistic. Uh, it, it feels like there's better times for landlords ahead and mortgages, and not just for deals coming up for renewal, but also for new loans being taken out. But this could all change. This is why if you're going to do something, do it now. If you're selling, don't wait, do it now. If you're buying, don't wait, do it now. If you're you're buying for investment, don't wait, do it now. If you're a tenant looking to move in, move in now because this is where you're probably going to get the best rental rates you're ever going to get yeah. because it's going to be, it's going to go up. It's going to continue to go up all the time as the restriction and the number of properties available to rent gets less and less and less. Literally, you've still got more people chasing one property, haven't you, Richard? Yeah. Like that's what people forget as well. And, and when people are on their search 
and they get frustrated um, with agents and, and things. They forget that we've got so much inquiries just for that one property. You can only give it to one person or one couple or candidate or whatever. Um, and it's and it can make it very difficult. And it's quite a it's quite a challenge to to get that message across to people that we are trying to obviously speak to everyone, give everyone an, yeah. an equal opportunity. But it's very difficult. Um, you ever watch trading places? What you ever watch trading places when he sticks up his hand and goes sell, and everybody runs in and goes buy, buy, buy. <laughs> well, that's like a landlord putting his hand up and going, "I'm got a property for rent." And everybody goes, "I'm in." Yeah, <laughs> and then the next minute, everybody's complaining. It's like, how are you not getting back to me? It's like, I'm, well, if, if you could imagine that meme, whatever that yeah. is, in that scenario, that's effectively what it's like. As soon as you put a property on the market for rent, there's a frenzy. It's yeah. like it's like a piranha frenzy. Yeah, especially like everybody's everybody's straight in there. Yeah, especially I mean the ones and like the the kind of mid market property, like two three bedroom houses and apartments or flats and things. Uh, that these are, I mean, they go like hotcakes. It's like they're just they're, they're they're so popular. I wish we had more. I wish we had more property of <laughs> yeah. anybody. And and see the see the accidental lapsedical landlords out there uh, just pawing away with their property and saying, well, I've just to fix this and I've just to fix that before I put it on the market. And then a year passes, they're still paying their utility bills, they're still paying their council tax, Thanks probably tax. double now, yeah. and they're still losing that rent every single month for an accidental landlord that's got the property empty. Every single month goes by, you're losing 500 quid. If I was taking 500 pound out of your pocket every single day, every single month, I mean, 500 quid, by the way, I'm taking it off you, you'd be you'd be up and down jumping you'd be fuming and yet because you don't see it and you've not got mm -hmm. it already for buy to let landlords that have their properties empty or accidental landlords that have the properties empty they don't really think about the opportunity cost it's 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 mm -hmm. affecting them the 500 pound a month they're, they're losing six thousand pound a year what could you do with another six thousand pound a year my god for some people Effectively, six thousand pound a year. Now, let's just do that. Six thousand pound divided by is effectively eighteen percent of the average salary. Could you imagine losing eighteen percent of your salary? Why not give yourself a salary increase? Get your property up for let yeah. and get it filled, and that that will give you a salary increase. Never mind waiting for your boss to do it. Just get your property well, filled and make more money. That's a really good way to put that and, and, and demonstrate to people like basically it's an 18% salary increase that you're sitting on. And and people yeah. do it's the whole procrastinate and just like you say, daughter about and do bits and pieces. And and I'm like, we're we're ready to go. Let's get this time on. Gets, time gets yeah. in the road for a lot of landlords. We've yeah. only got one property, it's not really our, our focus. We've got life to manage life as it happens around about us. You know, babies arriving, you know, people going, yeah. and all the different things, things, starting new jobs, moving homes, getting married, getting divorced, getting separated. All these different things, problem with, you know, sorting out, helping our children and, you know, all these different things, and our parents, all these different things get in the road. That's why you've got a blooming letting agent. You took the words out That's exactly house. why you have a letting agent. You're I losing hundreds of pounds every single month by no renting your property. And it's like, oh, I'll do it myself, I'll do it myself. You're a skinflint. You can't even, you didn't even think right. You're thinking broke. Yeah, I do find myself saying to a lot of people, and it's, they, they let a lot of things in life in general get in the way of what they're doing. And I'm like, but we'll do all that for you. That's what we do. Um, and obviously, I, we're desperate to get stuff on because it alleviates uh, the pressure on us because we've got so many people coming to us for property. 
And it's like this property would be brilliant, it would fill up, it would fill a gap, it would obviously um please somebody to have it there um, mm. and take the take the, the stress off the, the amount these, of these are the same quiet. people, Richard, that mm -hmm. often moan about being skint. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and it's like you've got an asset there not doing anything and just because you can't be bothered fixing something or getting a contractor to do it which we could have done for you yeah you know and you to save a few hundred pounds you're losing thousands that's a broke mentality you'll be skint for the rest of your life with that sort of mentality and that sort of thinking some people and like you say as well that they're quite reluctant to just hand it over completely do you know people kind of like to keep things close and it's like just let somebody else deal with it. And I know what that feeling's like when you think, I'll do it myself, I know what I'm doing. Oh, but I could but... save £10 a month. Yeah, let somebody else do it. <laughs> yeah, let somebody else do it and get it, get it done. Save. I could save yeah. some money, I could save a few pounds. It's like, <laughs> you'll save nothing. It'll cost you an absolute fortune to try and do this yourself. You have no idea what you're talking about as a buy-to-let landlord for the first time. You have no idea what you've got to contend with. Let a letting agent look after it for you and pay them. You, they're only getting paid if they get the money for you. If they mm. get the rent for you, that's when they get paid. You don't pay them otherwise, really. Yeah, that's what a lot of people say. And it's like they ask about obviously our commission and what we take. And I'm like, we only get that if we if we are actually doing what we say out to we're do. Rent, and we're collecting the rent. Yeah. Yeah, we're not collecting the rent or we've got selling them yet. Yeah. But anyway, we digress. But it is all relevant. Um, Here's the one I want to talk about. The, the one I want to talk about the most is well, we know what's happened with EPCs recently, but yeah. you know, the more it's definitely more clarity over the the net zero situation. You know, what, what's been happening with that? Yeah, like the net zero and the energy efficiency side of things, and we're aware there's a general election on the cards coming up in the next twelve months, and yeah. we're likely to see clearer messaging um, from the political political parties about like the hot topics of rental property and energy efficiency. And well, we've got we've got clear clear things from the Patrick Harvey the Greens, haven't we? Yeah, <laughs> as far as he's concerned, every single household in Scotland should have a heat source, ground source heat pump, which, you know which the guy that invented ground source heat pump says are not viable in Scotland. Oh really? I don't know. Yeah, that. the guy invented them says that you know there's no way ground source ground source heat pumps will, will work in Scotland that efficiently. They're mm -hmm. they're cost prohibitive. The yeah. guy that invented them. See, that's how stupid these people are. This the is the thing about things being implemented without really. I mean, what research or what background was put into that that to think, right, okay, we'll try and roll this out and recommend this? Nothing. Yeah. Zero. What you fail, what everybody fails to realise about your politicians, they have no knowledge about what they're specialist in, apparently. If they're a minister for something, think about it. They've only just become the minister for housing, the minister for social justice, the minister for something else. The real person running that place is the, is the civil servants behind that person. That's the person that's doing policy. If you put Patrick Harvey on the stand and actually ask him about all the legislation and about what smoke detectors are and what the implications and what's the long-term effect to the private renting sector and where do you see rents going and why is that and all the background and the knowledge and the information and the expertise and, and where's all that advice coming from, he will have a, he will not have a scooby-doo about it. Yeah. He will not have a clue about what he's talking about. And most politicians will be exactly the same. That's, I mean, how could you learn about your department if you've only just been put in as the minister? And then, you know, 
and a year later there becomes a shuffle comes along and then you're moved to foreign affairs it's like what do you know about foreign affairs nothing yeah. it's you just have to be a mouthpiece for the department it runs foreign affairs the real person in charge is not the minister it's the person there it's like it's like the typical example of the queen you know mm-hmm. to ratify legislation on behalf of parliament it's like the queen can't the queen can't say no She's like, no. it's getting presented in front no of the queen. But... And you, you, well, the king or the queen or yeah. whatever it is, the monarch, yeah. well, just, the monarch. well, just talk about the monarch. It's like the yeah. monarch. The monarch can't say no. The monarch has to sign it off because parliament mm. has decreed it. It's going into law. So they have no choice. They can't say, oh, well, we're no, I'm not signing that off. It's like, okay, well, that's you out then. We're a republic now. Mm-hmm. So they've got they've got no yeah. choice. They've got, and it's just the same as ministers. Ministers have no idea what they're talking about half the time. They play a good game. That's the reason that they go about round the houses when they try when they're supposed to give an accurate answer. Mm-hmm. When they're That's asked cool. a question, when somebody yeah. puts them on the spot, you watch the next time a minister actually is asked a proper question about statistics and information, and the waffle that comes out of that person's mouth mm-hmm. to, to yeah. avoid the real answer because they don't know the answer. Mm-hmm. They don't have any knowledge or expertise around what they're talking about, even though they're in charge of that department. Yeah, unless it's become unless it's become a passion. For example, you put me in charge of the Minister for Housing for the Scottish Parliament. Really I would have a, I would have full clarity about what I'm talking about. Yeah. But you should really have a specialist in that field standing up front and and representing that that sector. I How could that's... you? We, we're just voting random people into power are, are, are prepared to talk a good game and and say they're going to do the job. Yeah. I mean, what expertise do they have in these fields once they appoint them in there? They don't. They don't have any expertise at all. So this net clarity, the clarity over net zero, the essence of the zero, t- the, the net zero targets aim to ensure that all rental homes are warm, low carbon, affordable for heat. Uh, so expected measure, um, so expect measures for insulation and emissions. emissions yeah. So that's, that's, there's no doubt about that. But listen, we're up for that as well. But it has to have a proper investment return. If I put yeah. a thousand or five thousand pounds into there you know you're wanting a decent return on that five thousand pounds you're putting into it you know because you're getting the return already you've got so why would you need to put another five thousand pound into it and just throw money into a fire for the benefit of the tenant okay great but what about the benefit of the person investing i'd be be better just put my five thousand pound in the stock market i know i know i'd be better put in crypto (laughs) don't do that Aye, but but it's just the same. You're not making a return anyway. So, you know, you're taking a total gamble in the fact that you're putting in, but it's not yeah. adding a significant value onto it. All it's doing is bringing the EPC up and making it more affordable for the tenant to live in it. Yeah. But sometimes so it's cost prohibitive. These, uh, these measures for insulation and emissions and things, obviously that means most homes are going to need to use low carbon heating, like you said, Jim, uh, which means phasing out gas boilers. But then... That's but then the timeline for that's been pushed back to beyond 2030. And the timeline beyond 2030 will be pushed back again. Know, that is utter madness to have a whole big. system with what we have is condenser boilers, which burns 96% efficiency. So every pound you put into it now, you're getting 96 pence back in heat dispersion throughout the house. All you need to do is insulate properly. Yeah, this is the thing about the fact that they're going on about. Um, uh, it's, it's not anything to do with that. It's the fact that they don't want to use gas and and what they call fossil fuels. Well, they're not fossil fuels because gas wasn't as a result of fossils. If you read yeah. up on it and you look at the scientific facts, it didn't happen as a result of that. Same with oil as well. It's quite it's quite intriguing how we've got this thought process yeah, about what oil. This is the old classic example, as I told you about about what's two and two. 
Well, it's four. Yeah. No, you're wrong. What's two and two? It's four. You're wrong. What's two and two? Four. You're wrong. It's five. What's two and two? Four. You're wrong. It's five. What's two and two? Five? Yeah, you're right. Hey, I'm right. I'm right. People like to be right. And then I go to the next bit. What's two and two? Five. Yeah, I'm right as well. And now all of a sudden, two and two equals Everybody five. Right. Two and two equals five. <laughs> Yeah, so so this thing about you know the net zero and the 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 challenge for net zero, I would say to everybody right now, and and you know this isn't this isn't a promotion for veganism or plant based or anything like that at all, but if a, if the Green Party truly wanted to be a Green Party, they should all be plant based. Yeah, because yeah, no, because the amount of the amount of humans, the eight billion humans on the planet, there's sixteen billion animals to feed the eight billion humans. Yeah. And who's yeah, feeding well, all the 16 billion and all the resources to feed the 16 billion animals, to feed the 16 billion, the 8 billion humans? It's cost an absolute fortune. Yeah. It's, it's, it's basically big, using um, all the resources. There's a big emphasis on, like you say, using fossil fuels and gas and, and, and our emissions and things like that. But then it's kind of overlooked the fact that the food sector and, like you say, the, the, the animals that used to feed people, the, the amount of effect that has on the environment if you've watched programs and, and the crops it, all are all grown soya, in the soya, amazon rainforest yeah. it's been obliterated to grow soya for 80 yeah. percent of the soya goes to the animals to feed them it and the does. third world is starving and all their soya is going to feed the animals it's <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's this, this makes no sense this paradigm this makes no sense in today's world rank of the rank organization uh, lord yeah. rank and um, Rank Hovis, if anybody knows what that is, um, he determined in the 1960s. This is where Coron came from. You know the 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 the, the, the vegetarian, the the mushroom, the fungi, Coron. Yeah. That's what it's made from. He yeah, actually, corn. yeah, Coron. Yeah, he saw. He foresaw that. He saw this coming. He saw a time where the population would be so massed we wouldn't be able to we wouldn't be able to sustain the the food chain for yeah. that reason. So he saw a, a solution as to grow fungi, which is what the which is what they do now, and they grow, yeah. you know, lab lab generated uh, meat and all the rest of it, and soya, yeah. um, because soya is easily sustainable. You plant it, you grow it, it, you know, you reap it and you harvest it, and then you plant it and you grow it again. It doesn't actually soya doesn't really consume everything really. It mm -hmm. doesn't consume huge. It just consumes the rain coming down. That's it. That's how it lives. Um, whereas it's a completely different proposition if you're using an animal. Uh, but, but you know, we can debate with that forever. But if you yeah. really want to get back to net zero, that's the sort of thing we're needing to move to. That's and that would, that, would, that, would, that would sort out, look what happened in lockdown. Look what happened when everybody went into the house. Everybody sat in their houses and all of a sudden the skies went blue. Skies went blue outside to the flourish. And there was no cloud and it was yeah. beautiful weather. And the, all the animals came out and ran about the golf courses and ran about the towns and stuff like that. And it's like, what, who, who really is here? Who is the actual, who's well, the should, locust? It should really have been taken as a, an opportunity and an eye-opener, eh, that, that period of lockdown. Because, I mean, it was for me. I forgot. Nobody wants to know that. Everybody no, just wants to sell you something to make money. We're, yeah. we're back into the capitalistic system again. That's, yeah. uh, again, that's another story. Nonetheless, but make sure just, it just, makes sense. From, sorry, Richard, on you go. No, I was just going to say, obviously, we're talking about the phasing out of gas boilers and things, which I personally think is a very, very big undertaking to, to, to challenge. But I think it doesn't mean that, and Jim, we've done this a lot uh, recently, that when you're at that stage in between tenancies or, or, or revamping your new property and things, to, to look at the energy efficiency. 
and 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 make the additions to your portfolio and your and your properties to make yeah, sure that you, you have a better efficiency rate. I mean, that's not to say that you've not to just discount that. Please use that opportunity. Yeah, definitely. If you've got the opportunity, I mean, you know, the net zero thing will come along eventually, and that's fine. And and I always say to people, look, learn your. What did I say when it was announced all these years ago in 2020 or 2019? Don't do anything until it actually gets put into legislation, because I'll guarantee you we'll get nearer the deadline and they'll just push it further back. So a lot of people actually ran out and says, what are you doing for net zero and how you energy efficiency? They were changing all their boilers, they were upgrading all their systems. And it's like, and, and then they, they announced, as as we said, it's like they pushed it back to 2030. And yeah. and, and I think the can will just get kicked down the road all the time. But it is it is a warning. When you, when you get the opportunity to refurb, you may as well take the opportunity as well at the same time when you're refurbing to actually look at the energy efficiency because, because it's a win-win at that point. Yeah. And it isn't throwing money into the fire anymore it's actually a proper investment done correctly yeah. for the right reasons because you're doing it at the same time as doing your normal change of kitchen you know change of uh, change of heating system maybe change of boiler yeah. um stuff like that the one thing that excites me the most is h100 which is the um the 300 households in buckhaven are actually going through um the hydrogen testing so they're going to run on hydrogen produced by the turbine one of the, mm-hmm. the biggest turbine in europe um, in order to run things like the boilers, their uh, cooking facilities, and if they've got a gas fire, they'll do the gas fire, and their oven as well, from hydrogen, and see what the impact of that is. Um, and and that that's a worldwide groundbreaking project. No one's done this yet. And they're, and they're doing it in, sorry, they're doing it in Buckhaven. Buckhaven, yeah. <laughs> like, but hey, why not? Why not? Buckhaven could go down in history as the place that actually pioneered the testing for H100, which is hydrogen use in homes forever. Yeah. That's brilliant, eh? That's brilliant, yeah. And yet people run it down, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, I was like, can I just buy a house in Buckhaven so I could sign up to <laughs> when the first yeah, when the no. first talked about it and I did the interview with them at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, with, with Scottish Gas Networks, when I did the interview with the time, and I thought, brilliant, this is fantastic. Where can yeah. I sign? And he went, well, it's only three hundred households within a certain particular area of 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 uh, of uh, Buckhaven. And then they started saying that we'll have to give people a thousand pound sign-on fee as well. And it's like, really, <laughs> to get to get free to get free appliances and free free gas for the next five years and heating and all the rest of it. It's like, and you 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 have, have, have to give them a thousand. You have to bribe somebody to sign up to that. See what yeah. I mean about broke thinking. You yeah. know, it's like you, you'll never, you'll never get out of, you'll never get out of your poverty trap if you still continue to think in that in that way. I, 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 as a man thinketh, so he become. That's what it yeah. comes down to. Yeah, and I think um, when we speak about obviously upgrades and things, I think regardless of whatever course the government takes in in regards to the energy efficiency and, and net zero and things. Clarity for landlords is, is is good, and it really helps them plan ahead, and and it allows them to budget with confidence and things. So, um, it's good to set your properties up for the long term future, especially when it comes to energy yeah. efficiency. And well, we're getting near capital gains tax. I know, I know. I was I was trying to make sure we had time. For that. I know you want to talk about it, but we'll quickly we'll go through um, more opportunities to expand, um, and as I said, obviously highly leveraged landlords have had a tough time through twenty twenty three. And it's essential that around, uh, it's estimated, sorry, that around 139,000 rental properties were sold. Now, I did look, I did look at figures about this um, in another show, and I'll not go too much into it. But there was 139,000 sold, but there was also a similar figure 
of uh, rental properties bought. And now that was a UK wide survey. So, uh, yeah. but just uh, so this that... is exciting times for people out there that don't understand what leverage is. Leverage is your loan yeah. to value. In other yeah. words, if you've got if you buy a house for a hundred thousand pound and the bank gives you seventy five thousand as a mortgage towards it, your loan to value is seventy five percent, which is the seventy five percent of the hundred thousand that you got or the mm -hmm. value of the property, and your and your investment is twenty five percent. So yeah. when we talk about leverage, um, it, when you go more highly leveraged, that seventy five percent could maybe be eighty percent or ninety percent. If, if that's entirely possible, or it could even be to the point of an infinite return, which was a, a you know a no money down deal, which was you bought the house at fifty thousand, you spent seventy grand refurbing it, it's now valued at no you spent sorry you spent twenty grand at refurbing it, it's now seventy thousand you've put into it, we're buying it as well, and and now you can get a mortgage, you know you can get the bank to say basically it's worth a hundred thousand, so you can get a seventy five percent loan to value mortgage on it, so you get seventy five thousand back out. And that mm -hmm. pays for the house and it pays for the refurb as well. So you've effectively put no money down in this and then you can make a return on it. But what you have to realise is your rent then has to deduct the mortgage at the 75% loan to value. So as yeah. you go higher in proportion to that, possibly the rent and the mortgage will get tighter and the margin will get smaller. Therefore, that's why you're highly leveraged and highly geared. That's another one people talk about. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fine. And like I say, it's good to clarify on, on certain things that we use and, uh, and words we use and things because people watching may not be quite uh, aware of what they actually mean. And so, I would have loved to have watched a show like this. Flipping heck. I had no knowledge. No, I had nobody to turn to. I just had to guess and, and basically like a white stick, you know, in, in the, in the buy-to-let market because there was no buy-to-let market when I first started. There was no and knowledge, even, no information, no expertise, nobody to turn to, nobody to look at and see what the what, what, what you were meant to do and where. Um, you know, when I first started 30 years ago, that wasn't possible. And now it's like that wealth of knowledge. You just got yeah. to, you just got to, you just got to, you just got to um, filter out the, the crap from the cream, I suppose. Yeah. Is the, you know, and is a, the lot of people, a lot of people starting out now with things as well. And to, to learn a lot of the stuff that we talk about on this uh, and, and on the Well Creation Show and things as well, they have to pay thousands at some training course or something know. Uh, to, you know, to, to find out these things. So, But they think, uh, they're, they think they're getting better value for money going to a training course and paying thousands to do it. And spend it yeah. Yeah. But I mean, hopefully, they're, hopefully... They're excited! But hopefully people That's what it is. This, Everybody take, just wants uh, excitement. Hopefully people that watch this take a lot from it, because that's what we do it for, and, and it's, it's really to inform and help people. But as I talk about the um, the figures of people selling up their rental properties, um, this does make a bit of a shortage in homes uh, and it makes it even more acute. But the exodus does provide several opportunities as well. So um, UK rents, and we was talking about UK as a whole, UK rents uh, rose by 6.1% in 2023, while house prices decreased by 1.2%. Overall. So, Scottish house yeah. prices went up by 2.2%. Yes, and that's why that's went up by 1.7%. Yeah. That's why these are UK, these are UK wide stats. So it does change, obviously, and, and Fife and Scotland are, are, are different. But the Hamptons estimate um, that the rents will increase four times faster than house prices between now and 2026. Now that's oh, look at look at the way they've done that's... that. Four times faster now than house prices. So if house prices are 0.1%. Yeah, and then it then rents increase by 0.4%. That's four times faster. Then see how that's done. <laughs> yeah. Lies, 
damn wise and statistics. Yeah, I was, that's what I was going to say. So be careful with stats. I mean, like I say, we're referring to these stats that we've got, and it's, it's a UK whole. But us in Fife and up here in Scotland, things that things can be a lot different. I'll increase your turnover by, you know, X percent. If I, if I, if I don't do it. Okay, so my turnover's at 10,000, and you say you're going to increase it by... 20%. So literally, you're telling me you're going to add £2,000. What are you charging me for that? Oh, what, 10000 <laughs> like, So I'm going to charge you, I'm going to get your turnover increased by 20%, but I'm going to charge you 10 grand for it. But my turnover's right. only 10 grand, so I'm only getting two grand out of it. So I'm making a loss of eight grand then. That, that's, a, that's an absurd scenario, but it just shows you how the devil's in the detail. Yeah. So don't be fooled by statistical information. Drill down, look behind it, and get the get the details and the facts about pounds, shillings, and pence. Yeah, but then if we were to look at those stats, and then that would indicate that the there would be a slow and a slowing in the sales market, uh, yeah. and see more properties taking longer to sell. So if that was to happen, then we would have more properties coming up for sale. And then new and expanding landlords can strike maybe a better deal if there's more property available. I don't think that's really on the cards at this point in time. No, but I think we're still in a market where it's taken, on average, a couple of months to sell. If yeah. you look at the Spanish market, it takes two years. And they don't bother. They just wait two years. Yeah. That's, that's normal for them. So for two months for us, it's like we're impatient because it's like, wait a minute. Two years ago, it was selling in two weeks. Why am I having to wait two months? It's like, I just chill, chill, yeah, just chill and just months, wait yeah. it out. Just, just, but then that's a lot to do maybe with a stage and sitting in front of them and actually advising them this is how long it takes possibly yes. to sell. So we're on a journey of fact finding and information gathering more than just putting on and hoping for the best. And, yeah. and it will happen overnight. My, my house will always sell. Um, I had so, the same conversation just on the on the rental side with um, with the landlords the other day that I'd met. And uh, I mean, they're familiar with letting and things, but. I was explaining to them, look, we've still got a lot of high demand from tenants. Look in, the mid-market stuff's shifting really quickly. Their, yeah. their property was priced quite in the higher bracket of rental value. And I said, right. look, they're taking, they are taking a wee bit longer. And I made them very aware of that. I said, this isn't going to happen in a couple of weeks like it did maybe a year ago. But, you know, it's going to maybe be four to six weeks by the time we do this process and get somebody in place. Yeah, Just to make sure they have that expectation and they're not, they're not thinking, well, this is going to be done overnight. It's, you know, it's different, it's different, it's the ends of the market. So, um, Just as an but, observation, I, I think I need to go on a holiday at the Maldives or something because you've got a better tan than me. <laughs> <laughs> I look yeah, pasty white. Wait a minute, I'm needing to go somewhere exotic so I can get my tan back. <laughs> uh, I've not been anywhere, I don't think, have I? I know, it's just the lighting, it's all right. See, because uh, look, what happens, look. See how it changes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, because it's the white balance and the light. So it's this. <laughs> I wore the wrong I top. Light. I do that. It changes. I, I, wore, I wore a black top and that's the, that's the worst thing you could wear because then the light balance goes out and therefore you look pasty white. Yeah. But um, Jim, you've been on more holidays than me this year or than the <laughs> last year. So uh, anyway, but yeah, and expanding also uh, buying tenanted properties as one for um, from landlords that are maybe exiting means that uh, people could pack these up with tenants in place, start earning income from the day you complete on the purchase. Um, be cautious about doing that, but I think if you've got the right information about the tenancy that's in place and the track record and you've had a good look at the property and you've had somebody check it as well and give you a, a, a kind of third-party opinion rather than just taking the, um, the the seller's feedback or whatever, you know, make sure you do your due diligence with that, but it could be a good opportunity to pick up yeah. tenanted properties as well. 
I think I think well the one for me right now is like I'm I'm going to the the buyer the seller solicitor and I'm saying yeah. could you confirm for me that every single uh, tenant is up to date in their rent and every single every single uh, certificate is in place and up to date as well because if the solicitor it confirms that he's going to have to check it or she's yeah. going to have to check it beforehand to to put their rubber stamp on that or or there's liability and there's comeback on that so that's that's why you would do that get the solicitor to pin their colours to the mast on behalf of their client. And then they'll then they'll start make sure they jump through hoops rather than just saying oh there's or the here's or the crap there just deal with it when you get it, and um, that's that's probably the, the thing for me. Um, more opportunities to expand. Well, it just it just depends if somebody wants to expand or not. I think that's what it really comes down to. Um, yeah. Do you really want to expand? You have to take into account as well. One of the most important things you have to take into account just now is the impending legislation that's going to come in on the 1st of April and what yeah. could happen. Now, I talk about what could happen, maybe happen, but there's only one thing that's going to happen. But this is, you know, this is a, a quite a volatile situation. I will, I will say it's, I will ex describe it as volatile from the Scottish government driven by Patrick Harvey or the Greens. Mm -hmm. You know, so this this is a, a, a difficult situation. They've still not got any legislation in play. I knew that would happen. 2015 now they're talking about they'll get the proper legislation in place and th what they're going to do in between is a transitional uh, tapered effect mm -hmm. so they're so trying to come up with some sort of tapered mechanism where your rent will be tapered and i'm and i've written in the discussion paper and the consultation paper the fact yes. that okay so i'm rent i'm renting to a one i'm renting a one bedroom person in a three bedroom house because i want to help them because they get their kids at weekends to have a place for their kids so they wouldn't get their kids at the weekends um, so I'm renting them at that rate for a one bedroom and a three bedroom property out of my own good heart. So what you're telling me under the new taper system is when I go to re-rent that, I'm only allowed a certain amount over the one bedroom rate I was charging. Yeah, it doesn't make and sense. And I can't go back to the three bedroom allowance I was I was charging in the first place. That means I'm not going to help anybody ever again. And that's on your head, Patrick Harvey. The Minister for Tenants. <laughs> the Minister for Tenants is a joke. He's not yeah. representing tenants' rights at all. No. To, to, to say it's the Minister for Tenants is quite, uh, it's a bit ludicrous when you look at the some of the, the facts. It's, it doesn't make sense. It's more like the Minister for the, the Ministry of the Funny Walks, Monty Python. You know, that's, that's more or less what he's like. He's a minister for an idiot. He's the fool. He's the government's fool. And he's only there because he gives them the power with, with his one vote and his sidekick as well. The Greens, that's the only reason they're there. Seven, Less than 7,000 people voted for that person, and he's a minister in charge of something. And he's coining it in for a guy that says, oh, he's all for the people. He's earning just under 100,000 a year and traveling the world on your money, the taxpayers, enjoying himself. He's, it's going to take a lot for him to let go of that and that power he's getting. It's more the power than anything. That's what he's, that's what he's wanting to keep a hold of. And he'll not give that up easily. Anyway, that's another story. <laughs> I don't really bother about Patrick. You know, I'll call him out for what he is. Yeah. And I've got no grievances about him, really. Um, it's just the fact that, you know, um, what you do, shout so loud, I can't hear what you're saying. Mm -hmm. That's that's what comes to mind when I look, when I look at somebody like that. And I, and I, I listen to them. What comes out of your mouth is completely different about what's happening in reality. Yeah, yeah. And people are struggling, tenants are struggling, and it's not because of private landlords, it's because of his legislation. And the, the government, it's in just now, in power, 
they're the ones that have allowed it to happen because they've given him the power. They've abdicated the power to him and let him do, let him do it. Yeah, there's a lot of questions threw up with that with the legislation. Mm -hmm. Definitely, let's talk about capital gains. Yeah, I just want to say finally, though, just on expanding, obviously, bear in mind that rental homes um, that are let out below their current market rate, they should uh, there could be very well some hidden extra value uh, in these properties being sold. So, I mean, look out for that. Um, yeah, definitely. That just, yeah. So, yeah, capital gains, Jim. This is you. You were you were waiting on it. So, tell us a bit about capital gains. Well, in 2022 autumn statement, if you cast your mind back about over a yeah. year ago, the Chancellor Jeremy Hunt, uh, mm -hmm. no other same way to say that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm on a banker and hunt oh, things. A nice plans to reduce the capital gains personal uh, tax personal allowance, um, yeah. and the final step is due to take effect this year. Um, so how, how for the landlords, for the landlords that have actually been for me, I've been slowly transitioning. Uh, the ones in our name to the limited company. Yeah. But when you do that, you don't. You have to pay capital gains because it's like you're going from an, an one owner to the next owner, even though you own that company as a separate legal entity in its own right. Therefore, you have to pay capital gains on that. So landlords that have started off in the beginning, like ourselves, like Elaine and I, have held their properties in their own name for all these years, mm -hmm. have now built up huge amount of gains in our properties. But we want to keep them and move them on to a limited company not actually do that. So we're getting penalised and a capital gain allowance getting taken in between. So we're having to work out strategically over the years, and we have done how to transfer them and take account of both of our allowances at the same time. Now capital gains is getting taken away for everybody that's trying to do that now. You've got no chance. So we capital gains, they're slowly being taken away and the allowances have been reduced. So explain to us how they've been reduced. Like how, what's that? They've done it obviously gradually in stages and things. So. Well, it was the it was the twelve thousand three hundred originally, yeah. and then you know uh, last year they put it down to six thousand, and then yeah. they put it down to three thousand, and uh, and literally that will be a seventy five percent decrease in capital gains oh, wow. allowances. I mean, although although you can claim back the cost of buying and selling and improvements as a landlord. Mm -hmm. It's it's wise to think very carefully about before you're selling a rental property if the value has increased significantly. I've yeah, got people, ones that are sitting. People don't take any consideration. I think I'll just yeah. sell it. It's like you, you, you're not thinking that the value of this, if you've had it for ten years or whatever, is going to increase significantly for when you bought it's it. So you're going to have a landlords that have highly geared themselves and remortgaged yeah. over the years because they've got a deferred capital gain coming. Yeah, and it's going. To, and some landlords at some point in time in the near future or even now can't sell because. The amount to settle it, they'll have to pay the bank's money back. Yeah. Let me explain. You've got a mortgage of, I don't know, um, 50,000. And then you've got a property, it's still worth 55,000. But you bought that property for 12,000. Therefore, you sell at 55,000 minus the 12,000, 43,000 pound gain. That's what you're going to be taxed on. Okay? Yeah. So just say 20% over mm -hmm. that. So you're going to get taxed 8,600 on that. So 8,600. Yeah. So you're selling for 55, I said. Mm -hmm. You're going to get 8,600 taken off. So you've got 46,400. All right. But you've got to pay back 50,000 a mortgage. And you've got to pay your cost of selling and your solicitor 
and everything else that goes with it. And if your mortgage is on a on a on a you know um, redemption, if it's in a if it's in a, a fixed period, you're going to have to pay that as well. So you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna oh, by man. selling by selling you're actually going to lose about five or six thousand pound by yeah. selling your property, even though it's more than what you bought it for because of the capital gains and having to pay back the bank because you'll still have to pay back the fifty thousand even though you've got forty six thousand four hundred. Yeah, and you're getting at the end of it. And that's what the problem is about, about about remortgaging all the time, especially if you if you have got any thought of exiting later on, is uh, is 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 a, a no no. This is why when I came to remortgage some of mine recently, uh, Kesser Freedom Financial yeah. was saying to me, "So you want to release any equity?" And I went, "No, no, 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 no. I'm not releasing any equity unless I really need to, unless it serves a purpose to do something else, uh, to reinvest again." I'm not doing anything like that at all. So I just kept the mortgage at 27 grand. I don't want, I've got no desire because I've got, I've got a couple like that. They're, yeah. You know, the mortgage is 50 grand. That's, that's a classic example of what I just showed you. So by selling, it's no benefit me at all. I'm actually having to pay back 6,000 pound. I've only got about three like that. And they're five very fixed rate deals. So I've not got no desire to sell because that's the margin that I'm getting now, the, mar the, the money, the, the money every single month I'm making out of them now is, is, you know, quite a lot in comparison. Uh, I'll give you an example of one of them. So it would cost me six thousand pound to sell, and I'm I'm not going to show you on the screen or anything, but I'll tell you what I'm 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 getting out of the from the mortgage getting done. Um, yeah. So therefore, one of the ones that I talked about like that, um, primarily, is uh, I bought for sixteen thousand. Mm -hmm. It's probably worth about um, sixty five thousand today. Maybe maybe uh, we'll say fifty five thousand, um, but more importantly. I'm now getting six thousand pound in rent a year, and the mortgage is only two thousand five hundred. Therefore, I'm clearing four thousand pound for overheads every single year. Yeah. On that property, so why would I sell that? Even though it's a negative equity, even though I've got money to pay back if I ever sell it, why on earth would I sell it if it's making that money for me? Four thousand pound before overheads. Yeah. And and you know that that is that is that is the dilemma, and that's why I talk about holding property for the long term, for more or less forever, till I pop my clogs. Um, and then the kids will hold that but property as well. Yeah, yeah, the kids will hold that property as well. It'll go into trust, and and they'll they'll look after it, um, and they'll have it for them as well. Mm -hmm. uh, why would why would you have any intention to sell if you're if you've got an asset producing income? Even though it's a negative equity, in in terms of when you when you not negative equity, but in terms of capital gain deferred, and you remortgage it so much. But remember, with the remortgage and the remortgage it so much, and I got all that money out, I then reinvested it in more property. Yeah. So even though that's making four thousand after the before the overheads, the other ones that I bought with the fifty thousand that I reinvested to buy more property is making more money as well. So it's not just four thousand a year I'm making with that money. I'm making money on the money. It's another money. Yeah, it's it's the money I'm making elsewhere. So I think I first started out with just a, with just a fourteen thousand in mortgage I got mm -hmm. from the Bank of Scotland, and I remortgaged it up to the fifty, um, and I got all that money back out. So I invested it. So I probably bought another two three properties like that. So essentially, before the overheads are cleared, I'm probably making on that fifty thousand that I originally borrowed, probably around about twenty thousand a year. Yeah, that's a good response. <laughs> yeah, and that's why people, when you tell them, you know what you're doing in buy to let, and you understand the numbers and you understand the dynamics of how it works, how so important it is to have the right mentors and listen to the right people 
because the because the young brigade that have just arrived and sell courses, they have no idea what's going on or what they're meant to be doing. They're they're selling the old paradigm that I used to I used to use when I first started thirty years ago, and people are still buying into that because it's new to them. But there's a whole different ball game going on a completely different level in Vitalet now. Yeah, and people, I mean, you speak to certain people and they're like, how how could you be how could you be doing that? How could your your return be at that? But that's... yeah, and so about a... 20, 20 grand. I'm just calculating that actually. That is, that's <laughs> 40, it's a forty percent return, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> that's why when I go on and say I'm, I'm pretty upset, there's no twenty five percent or more. Folk are going, you're never getting twenty five. I go, well, I've not got anything to prove. It's like, <laughs> don't believe me then? So what? I'm not needing to tell you how it's done or what, what to do. It's no skin off my nose. Just don't believe me. But some people now and again, very few, 5% group, do yeah. actually go, what are you doing, Jim? Oh, maybe, you we do should come, maybe we should invest in five properties and buying houses and giving them the five properties to rent for us. Um, because then they'll be able to advise us on what we should be doing, how we should be doing it. Absolutely. That's the whole point. Yeah. Win-win for both parties. So in, in terms of capital gains tax uh, for properties sold by landlords uh, as split into two bands what's the so explain the two bands to us jim it's just it's a simple process two bandings yeah. if you're a high rate payer you're paying 28 percent right across the board um on your capital gains if you're a low rate payer in tax then you're paying 18 percent um yeah. basic rate i got a funny feeling that's going to change as well i've got a yeah. funny feeling they're going to actually end up taking capital gains event because remember the government's the government can't we're we're sitting at something like ninety percent loan to value as a country of our mm -hmm. GDP. It's something ridiculous. America's yeah. worse. America's way beyond that. America's like Northern Rock. <laughs> it's sitting <laughs> at something like 125% of the what it actually takes. That's no that any business that's no a comfortable situation to be in. Absolutely. That's, 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 a, that's a dodgy position to be in. Yeah. They've got to work out how they can get in more money in order to pay this debt down. Mm -hmm. So in order to do that, just like any business, they're going, Who where will we get our money? Well, we'll get it from people with tax. So how we're we going to be more creative with our tax without actually upsetting people who vote for us. Yeah. We'll go for the landlords. There's the minority group, but they have all the money. Or they're supposed to have all the money. Yeah. <laughs> a lot don't. Um, but that's what they do. So I think capital gains tax will eventually be um, uh, dissolved and they'll they'll take your capital gains as normal personal income tax. Right, okay. I think that's what will happen eventually. And, and I also predict that there'll be some shape or form, if they can get away with it, anybody it's a limited company and you have no employees because that happens or you have one employee or less in other words self-employed people to avoid the higher rates for tax they're going to end up working out some sort of way to actually bring you into income tax if you're a shareholder or a director as a limited company with one or less employee mm -hmm. and i tell you what that will hit a lot of people but that's what people, they yeah. have to do it have to do it they've got increasing costs they've not solved the situation about all these costs that are continuing to increase with people getting older and having to provide all these services and all these costs going up and salaries because it's we've, we've got to pay for all these mps yeah <laughs> uh, well I, I had a thought I, i'm not i'm not pro and i'm not against but i had a thought the other day about 
when I thought about Patrick Harvey's salary. And then I thought about all the MSPs sitting in Parliament, and they're, they're, I think their minimum salary is 75,000. Yeah. And you think about all these MSPs, and I think there's, what, 300 of them? Mm-hmm. Uh, that is literally uh, 22.5 million a year in salaries. And that's not just the expenses to run and the civil servants to go along with it. Yeah. And these are all all this has been created out of the fact that we've got now we've got a Scottish Parliament and Scottish mm-hmm. MSPs. And and my my question, and and I've never even I only just thought about it the other day is is that really giving us value for money anymore? No, I know. Or is it just another tier of bureaucracy? It's actually costing us a fortune. And and this is this is what we're going to have to come to in the realization. You know, if if we're going to, if we're going to pay for this, someone's got to pay for it, and it's us. Yeah. Whether like it or not, this is why capital gains tax is going to have to change fundamentally. This is why they're going to have to change it. And but that will take a lot of years because there's a lot of implications and, and, and complications in the whole taxation system in order to do that, because they've got huge amounts of you know legislation that they've got to go way back and check, you know, like 1700s legislation on capital gains and all the different on the chattels and all the different things like paintings, because capital gains, paintings, um, uh, crypto, crypto could maybe come under capital gains, but nobody knows who owns the crypto. But I'm sure, I'm sure if you get the crypto, when you think about it in your bank and your lifestyle completely changes, the tax man's going to go, wait a minute, how have you got a lifestyle which exceeds your salary? Where's that come from? I want to see your bank records. That's when they're going to catch up with you. That's good, yeah. So, so it's it's going to have to come somewhere as more and more people live longer, and we have to provide more facilities and more, more, more stuff. This is why automation is so important. You know, this this thing about automation is going to do every, away with everybody else's jobs is a complete lie. It's not at all. Look at what computers computers are going to do away with everybody's job. Everybody's still got a job because they're just working in a different industry. So mm-hmm. AI isn't it going to replace anybody, really? It's just going to displace your job and you're going to work in the AI industry from then on. That's all. You're just going to work somewhere else. What, what happened to the paperless office? I know. Just what shut. happened? Yeah, I know. Like, we, just, we just put everything on. We put everything on 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 on, uh, on hard disk and we put photographs everything and photocopies everything and we didn't. We, we could do with paperless, but then we need somebody to work in that industry to manage all that. Yeah, and that's I the know. same people that were in the paper industry. So thanks to shift across, yeah. Yeah, it's just the same. It's the same jobs, but in a different area. And and so we'll not streamline any jobs really. We'll just take one jobs from one sector and move them into the AI sector, and more and more people uh, will get educated in that and and retrain for that that area. That's all that's going to happen. We're not going to get rid of any jobs at all. So don't kid yourself and think you're going to have you're going to yeah, be sitting on yeah, you're going to be on beaches while AI is doing it all for you. <laughs> oh, this is great. And you've got your guaranteed salary from Elon Musk of £30,000 a year and you're just sunning it up. See the, see the sun coming in? Oh, it's great. It's glorious. I've still not got a tan, by the I way. I've still not got your tan, though. Yeah, I was just going to say that. <laughs> I should get a sun lamp <laughs> and just get a tan at the same time when I'm doing it. There's a thought, eh? <laughs> what, uh, how habit stack and be more efficient than what you're doing? Get a tan yeah, at the same time as you're on the live broadcast. <laughs> But yeah, I think with the with capital gains, Jim, it's true what you say. Given the changes in the personal allowance and things, uh, using the equity in your property to fund more rental home purchases and increase your income might feel like a better move uh, than paying a large chunk of tax. So yeah, definitely, I think so. Yeah, yeah. 
So I think to round it up today, I mean, the question is, are you reviewing your uh, your buy-to-lets for 2024? The, the question, the, the answer should probably be yes. Um, so if it is, obviously, and uh, really you should be thinking about a lot of what yeah. we spoke about today. If you mm. want to uh, touch base, my email address is in the blog attached to this and my mobile number, actually. So feel free to touch base with me if there's anything you want to ask. Um, if it's increasing your income, planning for the future energy legislations, or just knowing which house and which area could be the most profitable for you to add to your portfolio, I'd be happy to help have that chat and point you in the right direction of what you need to be doing or the person you need to be speaking to. All your details are on this post anyway, so something... Yeah, that's what I say. My, mo my mobile... The link above or below, they'll get your details off of there and then touch base yeah. with you. Often they come to me direct and then I just refer them to you because you're the person that you know knows what you're doing. You understand exactly what's currently yeah, in the market yeah, right yeah, now, yeah. the rental values are right now as well. Although obviously you have a, a, a level of expertise in lettings and things, Jim, a lot of people get the misconception that you run the lettings stuff and you don't, that's me. So <laughs> <laughs> Knowledge and expertise, why do you think, I mean, just, to, just to brief everybody out there, why do you think we do so many shows together? Because yeah. we're actually learning and discussing as yeah. we go. And so you're actually getting an insight into this as well at the same time. And if you're watching all these shows and learning, you're learning at the same rate as each of us and yeah. reinforcing what we know and reinforcing what you should know as well. So ultimately, this is like a university lecture. It's quite you know, good. I see what you say about the reinforcing thing, Jim. I think that's really good because, I mean, it's good to go over these things. And although we we know it and we talk about it, I think, but to talk about it on the show and kind of reinforce it for ourselves and help people learn and, it's really good to do that. And, and we learn quite a lot on, on these shows and our wealth creation show and things from each other and for people that join in as well. So um, I would always say keep it interactive, guys. Jump into the comments and things if you feel like you want to ask a question. We will always go through each one, whether it's live or whether we go back to these afterwards. Brilliant. And on that note. Yep. We'll finish up there. Ahead. Everybody enjoy yeah. themselves. Have a fantastic time. And bye for now. See you later, Jim.